Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number five, which is all about progress monitoring. What emotion comes when you hear those two words, progress monitoring? Is it love? Is it hate? Is it somewhere in between? Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's overwhelm. Maybe it's excitement. I don't know. For me, nine times out of 10, it is excitement. I really, truly love to progress monitor, but I haven't always loved to progress monitor, if I'm being honest. For a long time, I felt like it was such a burden. I hated it. I thought it was a waste of time. But then I kind of realized I was doing it wrong and that I needed to kind of rethink my system. I was making my life harder, which I'm very good at doing. And uh, so today I just wanna kind of share um, a brain dump of things about progress monitoring, okay? So I'm gonna try to put it in an order that makes the most sense. But first, I wanna talk about frequency because that is something that I get asked a lot. How often should you or how often should I progress monitor? Well, there's no perfect answer to start off with. Every district requires different things. Some districts require that you progress monitor every single week. Maybe it's once a month. Maybe it's once a quarter. Maybe it's every other week, every three weeks. Um, so there's no perfect answer unless your district tells you what to do and then do that. For me, I am not given a specific number, but I like to progress monitor every three weeks. And here is why. The more data you collect, the better or the more accurate of a trend line you can get in your data. So if you can get a trend line, you can see, oh, we are not on track to meet this goal. Or, oh my goodness, we are way ahead. This goal needs to be harder. Or, oh man, you know, you can just really start to see how a student is performing on that particular goal. You can also start to see like, oh, this entire group is excelling, but this one student is not. Maybe that intervention isn't effective. Maybe we need to make some changes. What's going on? Maybe there's something, you know, so I believe that if you wait to get three data points, like for example, if you say, I am going to collect data once a nine weeks, that's great, but that's the third nine weeks the end of the third nine weeks before you know, are you on target or not on target to meet that student's goal? And we all know what the last nine weeks of school looks like. So if you think that you're gonna make up for it in that last nine weeks, you've got another thing coming. So in my mind, even two times per nine weeks would give you a good indication of where you are as far as meeting that goal before the third nine weeks. So for me, frequency is very, very important. Now, that doesn't mean you have to stop everything that you're doing all of the time to collect data. You don't have to do that. It doesn't have to be this major chore or this big project, this big thing on your to-do list. You can make it simple. That's okay. 
So I want to talk about that here in just a minute, but I first want you to really understand frequency is important. Is it a pain sometimes? Yeah. Is it one more thing you need to do? Yeah. But if you use it correctly, or if you do it wisely, it doesn't have to feel like that big heavy burden that it might be feeling like right now. So I get it. I've been there. But I do have a few things that you can do before you ever even progress monitor to hopefully make things a little bit easier on yourself when it's actually time to progress monitor. So first, I would suggest making a list of all of your students and all of their IEP goals. You can use this all year long to then help you track data, keep track of who have I progress monitored, who haven't I progress monitored. But for starters, I want you to look at all of the goals for your students. And I want you to think about, do I have any routines, any things that I am doing every single day where I could collect data? For example, a long time ago, I used to write goals like when given 10 addition problems or 10 math fact problems with sums under 20, students will be able to solve them with 80% accuracy, which is fine. That's a, an okay goal. However, every single day I was doing a timed math fact test with my students. And so with that, the goal was not just 10, maybe the goal was 15. Maybe they were still working to master that and I would be happy if they got like six. So maybe instead of just writing, give them 10 problems where then that's not what I'm doing every day, I could write a math fact goal and we're accomplishing the same skill, but I'm already giving them a timed math fact test every single day. So then I'm already collecting the data. I don't have to stop everything. It's just part of my routine, part of what I'm doing every day. And especially in the area of math, I think it's easier to do things like that. Maybe it's a reading fluency goal because guess what? I do that twice a week. So you have many options if you kind of think smarter and not harder. So what routines do you do every single day? And then how could you make that fit the goals that you have? Or maybe look at the goals that you have and you're like, ooh, I've got like 10 kids who have goals for decoding CVC words or beginning blends or words with vowel teams. Is there something we could do every single day and I could collect data through that? Maybe it's a game. Maybe it's something, you know, that you do as a whole group. Maybe I, what I do a lot of times is you be the teacher and then they get to be the teacher. And really I'm keeping track of how many times that I have to help or not help with that particular skill. So think about your routines. What do you already have in place where you could just start pulling data every single day? Maybe as you're looking at that list of IEP goals, maybe a good chunk of them you could do from routines, but maybe some of them you're like, you know, the way this goal is written, I really don't think I could do it in a routine. I really need to do this, whatever that might be. So I want you to find those progress monitoring materials right now. That way, when it is time to progress monitor, you're not like, oh, how am I going to do this? I hadn't even thought about that. Because if you don't even know how you're going to progress monitor them, then you're going to avoid it. It's going to be put off because you're not ready. You're not preparing your students for that progress monitoring assessment because you don't even know what it is. So if you don't have routines already in place, then I want you to look for some progress monitoring materials right now 
so that then you could start saying, okay, well, I'm going to track this through this daily routine and we're going to do this because I can do it in like one minute and I'm going to know exactly how many words they can read or I'm going to know exactly which words they can decode and which words they could not decode or you name it. Think about whatever that progress monitoring material would be and then have it prepared at your fingertips. And my last thing that you should do before you ever even start progress monitoring is as you're looking at that list of goals, which maybe you wrote, maybe somebody else wrote, I don't know, but look at them and think, is there anything that is just absolutely ridiculous or hard to measure or could be measured in a better way that now that you have more experience or a new routine or a new progress monitoring material, that if you just revise that goal, your life would be like 10 times easier. Not that we all like to revise goals, but it's not as hard as what we might make it out to be in our head. Most of the time, if we call a parent and we explain the situation, or we explain that the student is ready for something that's a little more uh, complicated, or you wanna break it down into a smaller chunk so that it's just a little easier to measure, or whatever the case may be, you gave the student an assessment and you feel like this would be a more appropriate goal, most parents will agree. And it is as simple as you going into your IEP system, adjusting that goal, printing out the paper and having a parent sign it, or printing out the updated IEP and having them sign the signature page. In my mind, I don't wanna revise all kinds of goals, but I have had goals that I've like basically tolerated all year long. And then we get to like an April conference and I'm like, oh, thank goodness, this goal is finally gone. You know what I should have done? I shouldn't be like thanking myself for finally getting rid of it in April at an annual. I should have called that parent in September or in August when I realized it was terrible and I should have revised that goal at that time. So before you ever progress monitor, I want you to look at your daily routines and see, can I make my life easier by either using a routine or creating a routine? Can I find some progress monitoring materials now that are going to just make things quick and easy and something I could progress monitor in like one minute or less? Or are there any goals that I need to revise? Because there's no use having this miserable, awful goal all year long when it's as easy as maybe 30 minutes of paperwork at the most to get rid of it. So to me, that's last on the list. Hopefully you can make something work, but sometimes we truly inherit some really crummy goals. And so it's fine if you revise them to make your life easier for literally the entire school year. So just some things to think about before you progress monitor. After you collect all of that data, what are you gonna do with it? Because oftentimes we feel like progress monitoring is so useless, it's pointless, it's a waste of time. And if you feel that way, then you're probably only doing it for the very first thing that I'm about to mention. But all of the other things are just as important and are actually the purpose of progress monitoring. So the first thing that you must do after collecting all of that data is to report it to parents. And so depending on what your computer system looks like for your IEPs, you might have a really easy way to report data. 
Um, maybe not though. Maybe you need a chart or a graph or something so that you can easily report that data to your parents. And so that is oftentimes what we think we're doing. We're progress monitoring so we can keep parents up to date, let them know we're looking at it. But here's actually what we should be doing with that data after we progress monitor. I want you to take a look at all of your groups and see if there are any changes that need to be made. For example, it would be wonderful if all of our students made these big strides every single time we progress monitor and we just see these huge gains from every single one of our students in our groups. However, if you have five students sitting around your table and you collect data from all five of them, I would be willing to bet money that at least one, maybe even two of those students are progressing at a slower rate. And so maybe you need to make changes. Maybe it's still a good fit, but after two or three more times of progress monitoring, maybe those students are kind of starting to leave the other one in the dust. And maybe you need to start making some changes to your groups. So usually after one or two times of progress monitoring, I don't do that. But a lot of times then at the end of the quarter, when I've collected three solid pieces of data saying that like, oh, these kids are really making progress, but this one student isn't, maybe this one student needs to be in a different group. Maybe this one student needs something different altogether. Maybe he needs a different intervention. Maybe he needs, you know, whatever it happens to be. So you need to be looking at what changes need to be made in your groups. Maybe instead of changes to the actual group, maybe I could keep all those students together. They're still a pretty good fit, but maybe that one student who's really lagging behind could use some additional time. So this year I used my instructional assistant a lot. Um, she really, really enjoyed and excelled at working with kids one-on-one -on, -one on some sight words and some decoding. It could be 15 minutes maybe, that's it. And the growth in those students was tremendous. She felt good about what they were doing. They felt good about what they were doing. I was seeing the results in the data. So maybe it's not an adjustment to the actual group. Maybe it's that they need increased time. Maybe they need some one-on-one -on -one support. In some cases, this last year, I didn't do it a lot because of COVID, but I would have students come to two groups. So maybe they stay in that group and that's gonna be something that's a little bit of a push for them but I also would bring them in another group that was at a level lower than them so that they could be working more at their independent level or you know, at a more appropriate level. But then I don't wanna just take them out of this group that they have been doing okay with all year. So while I don't know the ins and outs of your school and your students and the data that you're going to collect, I just want to encourage you to be creative. When you look at that data, see who stands out as somebody who's making a lot of progress. Maybe they need to go to a higher group. Who stands out as not making as much progress and maybe needs to go to a lower group? Who might need some additional time? So just take a look at your data after you collect it. I know sometimes it's hard where we spend all this time collecting, sending home reports to parents, and it's like, oh, now you want me to analyze this stuff? Yes, because that's honestly where the value in all of that data actually comes from. So analyze it a little bit and then start making adjustments. 
The next adjustment comes to your daily routines. So maybe after you look at data, you're like, man, we are kicking butt and taking names with sight words. Like I am doing something right here. Or maybe you look at your data and you're like, oh, we are not making much progress in our decoding skills here. And so you need to start looking at what else could you do? Could you shift the time? Maybe instead of spending three minutes on this and three minutes on that, maybe you spend four minutes on this and two minutes on that. Maybe you need to spend five minutes on that problem area. So maybe then you need to start looking at adjusting your routines. Maybe you realize you've really neglected a particular area because it wasn't the main focus at that time, or you didn't realize that there was such a weakness in that area. So take a look and see what routines need adjusted so that your students are making kind of well-rounded progress instead of like, hey, we're kicking butt here, but ooh, we are not making progress here. So just something to think about. Hopefully you have a very well-balanced and well-rounded system and you're all good with that. But as we all know, as teachers, sometimes what we like or what we consider a strength for ourselves, we do a little bit better at. Maybe we need to read a book or find a new TPT product or find a new song on YouTube to use. Find something to help improve that area where your students aren't quite making progress. The last thing is maybe the most important thing, and that is to pat yourself on the back. Seriously, you need to pat yourself on the back more often because I guarantee you're probably not doing it enough. So I want you to take a look at that data and I want you to take a look at where some of those kids were. So let's say it is January or February and you're looking at, you know, over half a year's worth of data and you're looking and like, ah, man, he used to not be able to read any of these CVC words. Or, oh my goodness, he only knew five sight words at the start of this school year. And look where we are now. We are doing something right. So many times as teachers, we get stuck in a rut. And sometimes we see our students struggling or we see things that are hard for them. And it can get discouraging. Or we hear other teachers say, oh, well, he can't do this and he can't do that. And I I know, I oftentimes I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I, that's why he's mine, that, I know, I know, but I never take the time to be like, look, look, he didn't know any of these CVC words, and yeah, it took till January, but guess what, now he can read six of them, he just mastered this goal, so take time to pat yourself on the back too, because yeah, we can look at all this data and we can be like, oh man, they need this for me. They need that for me. This routine is kind of lacking. I'm not doing a good job at this. But I also want you to take time and find some strengths. Find what is working. Pat yourself on the back for the hard work that you have put in and that you have encouraged your students to put in and for the help and the support that you have given to them. Because I know, I know that sometimes it's hard. And progress monitoring can be a pain, but use it as a way to cheerlead yourself and your students for the progress that they're making because they will grow. They are doing the right things and they are growing and learning. Now, after all of that, I hope you're not leaving feeling overwhelmed. I gave you things to do before you progress monitor. I gave you things to do after progress monitoring. 
And that can feel overwhelming, I know. But all of these things are to make you and your students grow and learn and become better. And so that's all I want. And I know that's all you want. So take time to prepare before so that it is not this like ginormous task that you want to avoid. And then use the data afterward to really guide your choices and guide what you're doing so that you don't feel like all I'm doing is sending these parents a progress report that they're never going to look at. Use it wisely. And I promise in time, it will become less overwhelming, less stressful and intimidating. And maybe you'll even grow to love it. In next week's episode, we'll be talking all about organization, which may give you the same queasy feelings that you felt about progress monitoring. But I'll do my best to list out the things that you can or could or maybe already do have organized. I'll see you next week. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the resource room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.